Hey everyone, this is Peter Levin, and you're listening to another episode of In Good Hands, a show about the companies and founders solving our climate crisis. Today, I talk with return guest Coulter Lewis, founder and CEO of Sunday. If you remember from last January's episode, Sunday is a non-toxic lawn care company. If you remember, it is outrageous how systemic all the toxic chemicals that perpetuate lawn care products. I mean, the fact that when you use one of these products, you have to stick a little yellow flag in your lawn that says, keep off toxic, is a sign that things need to change. And so in the episode, Coulter and I will discuss what exactly has been going on behind the scenes since we've talked just over 12 months ago. Growing the company over 10X despite the pandemic, and then on top of that, raising $19 million to fuel the next chapter of growth for Sunday. The different products that the team has brought online, from seeds to pest control. And finally, the moonshot opportunity that gets Coulter excited to build Sunday into one of the most significant ventures in the United States. So without further ado, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Coulter Lewis, founder and CEO of Sunday. Coulter, how's it going, man? Hey, Peter, it's good. Good to be back. So for everyone listening, new listeners, Coulter was on the show. He's actually one of our first guests back in January 2020. Old guests, y'all will be familiar with Coulter and what he's working on. But for the newbies, Coulter, let's start with the basics. What is Sunday? So Sunday is a new approach to caring for your yard. We use data and technology to outsmart pesticides and make it so that you can have a, the good looking yard that you want to have around your home, your kids, your pets can play in, but without putting on enormous amounts of toxic pesticides and all these things we typically do online. So I want to I want to skip over a lot of the backstory, right? If we talked about that before, if anyone wants to tune into that, scroll back into somewhere in the 20s. I want to fast forward to or at least start where where we last started, which was January 2020. Because obviously, like we we just noted before we we clicked start here, it's a whole different world. But you have managed to stay full steam ahead, succeeding uh, against all odds. So maybe give the listeners, just a broader update. Where What is the progress bar of Sunday today? How many households are you working with? What is the current scale of the Sunday operation today? It's, it's about 10x what it was when we last talked, which was about a year ago. Uh, so it's been an absolutely crazy past 12 months for all of us, of course. And I got to say, first off, too, it's, it is unusual and un- a little uncomfortable for me when everyone's going through a tough time to have the business do really well. But I would say, I, I think what's gratifying about it is that what we're offering, this opportunity to go out and care for your property, help make something grow more healthy and make a space that you want to have your family in, that really made sense then. And it does in the future, too. And I think that's why those why it aligned and why it worked for us. What's interesting, looking at some of the categories that we're fortunate enough to do during the past 14 months, 12 months, and others not so much, but the interesting thing is Sunday plays at the intersection of a lot of trends that I think would be non-obvious to the person just being introduced to Sunday, but I imagine a lot of things accelerated the growth of Sunday. A lot of... A lot, you know, people going back to the burbs, moving out of the cities, getting reacclimated with the value and appreciating 
the notion of a yard. I mean, maybe I'd love to hear in what ways has Sunday benefited from some of the second and third order effects of kind of the broader state of affairs? Yeah, and I would say the, the ones that we benefited from are ones that were well in play in action and maybe were accelerated for a year, but they fundamentally align with our values and where society is going. In the U.S., there's 90 million American homes, and almost all of them have a front and a backyard. You know, I think sometimes I have an audience that's mostly in the city, and I used to live in New York, and just kind of thought, of, well, this doesn't feel very relevant. Like, it will, I promise. And so you can imagine yourself either going there and buying that house, and, and you have a moment where you realize, this is my little plot of land. This is my piece of earth. I have all these values I espouse in my life around what I buy and how my dollars you know, in, impact the, the planet that we live on. But now is, I have my own piece, right? And I want to care for it in a way that, I, that feels good to me. And so that's what Sunday is making really accessible and really easy for the first time is to be able to do that. Um, we operate in a space that is really hasn't seen change in the last half century. And really, I mean, just to give a couple of really quick stats here, our yards add up to our third largest crop by land area. It's 40 million acres. And the way we care for them, if you have a, a managed yard, it gets about five times more pesticides per acre than an industrial farm. Like the norms here are so far misaligned from where our values are that it isn't really about grabbing onto a brand new trend. It's just about common sense in a lot of ways too. One of the the stickiest anecdotes that I think rings true for anyone that, I don't know, wants to walk in their backyard or doesn't want to be concerned around their kids and pets running around the yard. You talked about the, the notion of the yellow warning flag, mm. right? I mean, I think there's nothing that embodies the status quo, I think, more prevalently than that little thing that sticks in your lung and says, hey, don't walk on the grass because yeah. there's toxins in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad you brought the yellow flags because it is a very visible element to, to this. And once you start to look for it and recognize it, that it's everywhere. And those, so those are, they're EPA mandated to say that crowd is unsafe for people. And so just the absurdity, I feel like it's one of those things that would be really difficult to explain to your kids. Yeah, no, it's true. We have a yard so you guys can have fun out there. But right now, it's poisonous. <laughs> you know, I think that just seems – and I, there's that element to it as well. But the, the other half is what's the upside? Is, is there some grand value we're getting out of th- this practice that makes it all worth it? And, like, it's a couple fewer dandelions. I know there's not a big upside. And an illustration of that is in, in Canada, they made all of this stuff illegal. And across that entire country, they have a, a ban on cosmetic pesticides – and what their lawns look good, lawn industry is working, like none of this stuff is really needed. We're just it's a cultural practice that makes no sense. Oh man. It's funny. Still to this day, the vast majority of people probably haven't heard of Sunday. And oh. I mean, you're in a space that is filled with a couple very well capitalized incumbents, several of which have also been faced with like major legal scrutiny over the last few years. What I want to to segue to and I haven't had the luxury of, of exploring this topic on previous episodes because most of the founders I talked to were super early in their journey. So they haven't gone through the process of raising a seed, then raising a Series A. You raised $19 million. You've raised almost $30 million over the course of, of Sunday from start to finish. And you managed to raise this in the thick of, of what's been going on around us. For and I don't want I don't want to do like casual wisdom. What's the best way to raise? But maybe could you just get a sense of what the process was for someone like yourself raising capital the thick of a pandemic. I mean, you got you have the tailwinds of revenue, which is great. But what was it like raising? 
I mean, a company defining amount of capital, despite all the circumstances around November. I mean, I guess once you announced the close in November of last year. Yeah. And it, it was obviously that conversation started before then too, in the kind of middle of the pandemic. So we were, I think, one of the, one of the few people trying to start those kinds of conversations. And if you don't mind, I'll, I'd like to talk about the beginning of raising capital because that's actually where it's the most challenging. Where all of this begins. So I, and I raised a, a pre-seed round in, in 2018 on an idea. And it was what we're talking about today. Amazingly, that the core concept of what Sunday is and the problem we're solving has not changed since then. And so those people had to just, I mean, they had to believe a lot without a, without a lot of evidence. They had to believe in me and believe in the thing that we were trying to solve. And in those conversations, especially at that time, there's a lot of kind of like, no one cares to them on. This is not a thing. And I think the advice I give people who are earlier in their journey and looking at fundraising is the opportunity better than anybody else. Don't take them as to be experts who are right or wrong about this. And that, I mean, obviously you got to be open to input and you've got to be able to calibrate all that internally, but it is so easy to just get a huge hole in your hot air balloon early on at that stage and you have to keep plugging on. And so I certainly went through that too, of a challenging period where this, this wacky idea and this really sleepy category was not attractive to a lot of people. And what we were able to do from that point forward is really be able to prove out the business one step at a time, improving basic interest in the concept, improving market fit, and improving our ability to expand into adjacent categories and really showing how illustrating, we always had this bigger vision for what Sunday was, but illustrating pieces of that one at a time to be able to you know, earn the right to, to that additional funding. And I'll, one more, if we're on the topic of <laughs> fundraising, I have lots of, of tips. But I guess the one other I would share is the people who are involved in Sunday are incredible. And I was very lucky to be able to be picky. I just can't say how lucky I am to have a board and investors who I want to call, who I trust, who, who believe in what we're trying to accomplish, who's, who are not looking for a short-term return, looking for us to, to accomplish this vision. That is so essential. You, you just can't do it any, any other way. So two, two piggyback questions. Just want to double click there. Sure. Looking at both sides of the table, because it's you're in a great position if you could A, you don't need to raise capital. You're like negotiating for from some position of leverage. What I'd love to hear, even despite that, a what was what were like the key questions that someone like a Sequoia asks at that stage? You know, have you gone through, uh, you know, qualified financing event before? And then on the flip, as you, I'm, I'm sure you had to, you had the luxury of going through and talking to a bunch of potential partners here. Like what was, if you, when you're designing like kind of the pixel perfect capital partner that would take a seat on your board, what were you looking for in that partner as well? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think I'll start with the earlier part of like kind of what questions and what does the vetting process look like? These are relationships. And so I've been talking to them for a, a long period of time and I'm um, talking to Stephanie who now serves on our board and she's absolutely you know, amazing. And we, we always had great conversations and you know, the timing started to make more sense. And they did what you'd expect. They dug in very deeply into what's actually happening in the business, what actual trends are we seeing, all the data. And we had, I, I can't sleep at night unless we have all of those things in, understood and quantified and in, in a way that is shareable and ready to go. So we were lucky to be able to have that. And thankfully, I also have members of the team like Jay, my VP of Ops, who was a first hire, who's just incredibly um, talented and had all heating out together, has such a close handle on the business. So that's essential for that conversation. It will show like we understand what things are and what we're saying is the truth. Here's the data and being able to dig into that. And so there's the, there's a, the quantifiable side of what kind of business are you running? And then the other side is the, what do you want to build? And, and are you the right people to go build that thing? And that's, I guess that's more difficult for me to unpack what those conversations look like and how that works. 
I'll, I'll, I'll relay one thing that Stephanie said back to me from Sequoia was like, <clears throat> you have a, a chip on your shoulder that we think is, is wonderful. <laughs> and, and I, I really, I do have a chip on my shoulder. What was this, the chip? Yeah. What was well, the just chip? To, I mean, the way this is done now makes me mad. The way that we're caring for our properties, like it is something I'm really passionate about. And if I get into conversations I want about it, I end up getting pretty stirred up and I really mean it. And so that's what they were referring to. I think that I mean, I guess it could have turned people off. It's a little bit over the top sometimes maybe, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate that they were able to sit through it and understand how that could be uh-huh. telling for us. And then you got to, you know, sorry, your second question was, oh, what am I looking for? Was that, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking for alignment on where we're going long-term and I'm looking for someone who is on my side fighting with me when things are challenging. But this is prior to this, I started a snack brand with my wife called Quinn Foods. It's Amazing company you find every grocery store today. We built that brand over 10 years, and I can't count the number of ups and downs that happen over 10 years in building a company. And so I have enough battle scars and scar tissue, you know, that built up there to be to really want to hear an investor say things like, This is going to be hard, but that's what we're good at. Rather than, We're going to crush it. You guys are amazing. This is a rocket ship. Like, I just I have less patience for that kind of talk. I, I want to talk about mm-hmm. us getting to where we say we're going to go no matter what. That, that's what I want. <clears throat> That's awesome. I'm wondering. So when we first met, Sunday still, I mean, still is early in in the journey. But at the time, laser focused on selling direct to consumer. But I, I think I recall that. I mean, of course, any and all channels are interesting to you. I'd love to hear how has have you evolved your distribution strategy as it pertains to. Retail penetration versus staying focused on on direct to consumer. Where does it stand today? And I guess what's the roadmap look like over the next short couple of years? Yeah, so we will have an announcement on that actually, but not quite yet, unfortunately. So I won't share specifics, but I can talk about it in more broad terms. So retail is absolutely interesting to us, and, and it was when we talked in 2019 too. I think. Direct-to-consumer allows us to deliver a certain kind of experience for our customer, a real end-to-end experience that helps build confidence, which is our core goal. But there are ways we can do that in store too. And we're operating in a category that is, in a lot of ways, just in, in a different time period than everything else where you know, these things aren't bought online, essentially. And it's exciting for us to be able to start to create the online market and presence for these kinds of products, but also be realistic about the fact that 99.9% of people are going into their local home improvement stores and, and mass market stores and buying these things. Just to piggyback there, can you define the typical Sunday customer today? Yeah, absolutely. So we have, I mean, we ask these questions to our, our customers. We actually get really, we hear it from them, which is really wonderful. They are, there's a broad span. So there isn't, there isn't a single grouping. It does go from younger ages all the way up and, and male and female. And, and we skew more towards female, but where our kind of center would be is typically it's a male buyer, although we do have more females than, than typical in this category, which I'm really excited about. I want to keep that going. And then younger families, typically with kids and pets, first-time homeowners, a lot of times we, so we buy, we take, we get aerial imagery of the home to actually measure the lawn as part of our the science side of what we do. And a lot of times the customers are like, well, it's just dirt. <laughs> like, yeah, my house was built last year. So it's a lot of new construction, new families starting off for the first time. And that's, I love being a part of that. It's exciting. Yeah, because you can imagine, I know you can't tease the announcement yet, but the vast majority of purchasing in the category must happen in store. It must. 
right? I mean, almost all of it. Yeah. What's interesting though is we're not like stealing customers from the existing people in the market as much as we're bringing new people into it. You know, if if your routine is that you go and you buy that name brand product every spring and every fall at the store, you have you're less likely to to then jump on board with Sunday because you have a routine. It's regular. You're set. What we're seeing a lot of our customers, people who are more in the camp of, I want to be able to do this, but I don't feel like I can. And that stuff's so poisonous, I'm not going to. And so they, we activate them, which is it's exciting for me too. That's exactly the kind of scenario we want with our customers. Coulter, the company, because you look at what was written in TechCrunch article, a bunch of these articles. I mean, Sunday up until that point was already a meaningful company. I mean, y'all were doing like, y'all were doing really well. <laughs> and I can imagine if you just... You could just do like back of napkin math, but based on what you're, how you're doing there, bringing in new people into the market, and then you just look at the opportunity to introduce Sunday to the millions and millions of people who only shop at Lowe's, Home Depot, etc. Dude, su- yeah. Sunday is this next this next year or two. Um, the big dogs. Oh uh, no, it's really exciting. I think we're we are in a. I mean, I'm just I'm proud of the team and the products we make, and I think they do fit. They fit a need that hasn't been met. Yeah, we'll see what, what time brings. I'm excited. About it. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so let's segue to a few fun questions. The last one will be, or at least the first one, that's about Sunday is around product roadmap. So to, to the extent that you're able to share or tease how you're thinking about the future of Sunday, obviously distribution is a core part of that strategy, <laughs> but also... I mean, I can imagine product. I mean, you are a product builder at the core. How are you thinking about product over the next few years at Sunday? Yeah, so I think the when we think about uh, GetSunday.com and our D2C experience, it's really about delivering an end-to-end experience and, and knowing um, your property, your climate, your soil, knowing more about these things than you ever want to know to be able to provide the right products at the right time to get you amazing results and empower you to do more without all the toxic stuff. So that's overall idea maps to a few different things outside your home. And we launched some some pest control products last year that are powered by essential oils and other things like that. Crazy effective for mosquitoes and other things. So that'll be one category we've started to explore. And I think we'll, it'll keep, we'll keep going from there. So not getting into all, all the details. One of the challenges I think too for us is that where I'm, and you're, as you said, I'm a product person. I get so excited about how we could do this XYZ thing differently and, and really make it better. And there's a whole lot of that right around us, but we can't do it all at once. And so it, it's about finding that balance between all the things we're excited about and the right amount of focus. Yeah, but we will see new stuff from us every year for sure. Uh, pest control is interesting. I didn't know y- y'all were doing that. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go to your site right now and just do a little stalking. You actually won't see it there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it's if, if you're an existing customer, you can add it in kind of thing. So it's a little bit exclusive right now because we're the, the, just the way we're offering it up to, to learn. But it's and, and that's a good category too to think about like, we had some moments of, of really introspection and thinking about it doesn't feel great to be doing pest control. Right? You know, uh-huh. Fundamentally, this thing doesn't feel awesome. But if you look at the dollars spent in this category, like people are going to the stores and buying the bottles of the most powerful, insane synthetic chemicals you can imagine and doing this on a regular basis. And by not offering them a better solution, we're just giving up on that whole problem. Coulter, seeds are also new. I don't think when we talked, I don't remember seeds being oh, a product yeah, as sure. well. Oh yeah, in lawn care. So we, we really wanted to, to continue to fill out like what it all the things it takes to have a great looking lawn. 
Seeds is actually a really core component of that. I'm going to get into a little bit of geekery here, but I can't. your lawn actually can't produce seed. It's a hybrid thing that's been grown in order to create the right durability and appearance, all those sort of things. So the plant's lost its ability to create its own seed. And this is true of all lawns in the U.S. or 99% of lawns in the U.S. And so when you don't add seed to it, it just slowly, it's like almost like if hair didn't regrow in your head, it's that kind of thing. That's what's going to happen to your lawn. And being able to offer grass seed is a way to keep that grass really thick, to not have to use herbicides because that naturally fights weeds. Like it's a, just a core element of having a good looking lawn in a more natural way. I'm nerding out here. Dude, you guys have just knocked the positioning out of the park. Every single thing coming out of the Sunday catalog is just beautifully thought through. Even just like you look at the taglines for each of the products, show your weeds who's boss. Seeds, better <laughs> seeds for a better lawn. Man, come on, batting 100%. It isn't, it's so much work goes into all of every little element. I mean, that's, I'm definitely pretty obsessive compulsive about these things. And, <laughs> and the people who, you know, who work here are, are just uh, incredible. So that's, that's yep. why it all looks great. Another potential idea. So y'all do, y'all loop in satellite imaging into the onboarding flow. Mm-hmm. And so I, I imagine as you work with more households, you start to aggregate more healthy data set. And I, I imagine that data becomes interesting to complementary players, right? I mean, I don't know, like as, as Zillow looks to add, I know like climate risk is a category that the team has been exploring. Hmm. And so like when people looks at, you know, potentially buying a, a home, maybe there'll be like a little ticker that indicates flooding risk, blah, 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 blah. Is this something like the data that you're aggregating? Is there some type of longer term commercialization opportunity or partnership opportunity? I mean, I think we really focus on how we can use that data to, to improve our science. And so it's really about our getting smarter through, if you look at traditional way, way this is done, a bag of stuff is sold at the store and it's good luck, hope it works. We actually have a closed loop data feed. We understand what actually happened. We have a much more close record of what actions were taken and when. We also have a soil test. So our customers take us an actual physical soil test that's sent to our lab that we test. And so at this point, we have by, probably by a factor of 10, the largest ever soil database created for residential soils in the US. And so now we're able to leverage some of that to say, okay, if we're creating products for, for a retail partner in this region, we know that these soils are low in calcium. No one else knows that. There's things we can do like that that are really exciting for me. Just to be able, and the end goal there is like the better the science is, the more tailored it is for a specific environment, the less you can use and the more natural you can be and the better outcome you can get with less. Oh, I love that. It, a good comp here is you look at digital health is having a breakout two years. Levels helping mainstream glucose monitoring. And you can imagine Levels starts to build a massive data set on how certain, I don't know if they do food tracking yet, but eventually if they could start connecting the dots between how a particular food affects your glucose. I think there's a massive opportunity to then reverse engineer food brands that are designed for people. I mean, if you start just aggregating a ton of data that says, hey, these things will spike your glucose. Not saying that glucose spikes aren't necessarily bad, but for most people that are sedentary all day, it probably is. This feels like a similar comp as you build. I love that, up- by the way. That's really cool. Yeah. 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 And it's, it is exactly that. And so it's if if we're not getting smarter as we're acquiring more customers and, and helping manage more, like we're helping people manage land essentially, but we have a data feed on that. So we can actually learn from each one of them to some degree. And so, yes, through that, we better be getting smarter and smarter every year. So question for you, because 
Man, the, the amount of IP, defensible IP you're building is amazing. You look at a lot of direct-to-consumer companies of the last few years have won on brand. And a lot of them have done exceptionally well. And a few have really, I, th- I mean, you look at some of these exits, like they built brand plus amazingly tight customer relationships. But even like beyond that, like the depth of IP value, Sunday has got to be one of the most exceptional in that checkbox as well. Yeah. Like where does a Sunday end up in a couple of years? Do you have like a dream partner? Hey, guys, listen to this on the record. It's <laughs> But I don't know, like what, you know, who is an ideal partner in a few years? If you were to like join forces with one of the big dogs, I'm, I'm sure you must think about it a little bit. Is there a type of partner that gets you really excited that would appreciate everything that you bring to the table? I'm trying to, I have so much respect for people who could definitely enable us to achieve our mission more quickly and more effectively, but I'm so much more focused. I mean, like that long-term goal is about creating the future of the American backyard. It is stuck 50 years ago and there's such so much impact to be had to change the way people perceive them, the way they care for it. And to build confidence, they go out there and grow more and get their hands dirty. That's our goal. That's what we want to achieve. So partners that help us do that, yeah, they're on board. <laughs> oh, man. I could not wait for that that headline one day. I'm calling here. It's going to be a big old headline. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Coulter, two more questions. Sure. One of which, eh, three more questions. One, we talked briefly about Quinn Snacks. And I know I, sometimes I see, I think like when you like an article, I'm like, yes, let's go. How much of Quinn still tugs at your mind share. I mean, like, it's doing really well. So yeah. I wonder, like, in what capacity have you abstracted yourself entirely out of it? What In what way are you engaged with Quinn Stacks today? My, my wife runs the business. And so I'm... This is you hear it every day. My, yeah, yeah. This is not... There, there is no separation. I think we're both pursuing our passions in a, in a really visceral way, I would say. And I, I think the way Quinn would influence Sunday is... Quinn is heavily involved in agriculture and... and how we grow the food that we eat. And my wife, like her passion there is at a, a million. It is through the roof. And that's a, that's a continuous force for me, continuous influence to, to do better for our customers and on their little plot of land, for sure. And it's got to be nice. I mean, the years of developing retail relationships. I mean, there's got to be some healthy crossover um, in some capacity. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's exactly right. I mean, it, it's interesting that I ended up starting a DSC brand where I had so much more experience in the retail space. As we start to have those conversations and start to move in that direction, it is an area where I'm more comfortable. And by the way, it is for, for people out there who are looking at starting CPG or businesses, retail is complicated. Like it is a, it's an incredible skill set to, and I'm not, I don't know at all. I'm not trying to say that at all, but it's something you you got to, um, Get some experts on board for. <laughs> it's not that straightforward. Sunday yeah. Home Depot, fall exclusive. <laughs> no, one more question before the last one, which is you must spend a lot of time either talking to peers that are operating their own ventures or, I mean, maybe your head's down, but I, I'd love to hear just like more of a fun question. Are there any other startups, experiments that either your peers or someone you'd like to meet from afar that you want to tip your hat to? Like who was the most kind of interesting company tinkering in the broader climate opportunity landscape that you want to tip your hat to? Oh, geez. No, no, it's all good. It's a great question. And I, the truth is that, that I am super heads down, right? I'm so focused on what we're building now. I would, I mean, I got to say the first one would definitely be Quinn and my, my wife is building there. So I got, I've got to do that. And that's, that's yeah. the truth. It, it's one that influences me all the time. I think that I've loved seeing the meat alternatives get so much traction, but that, that launched about the same time we launched Quinn in like 2011, Beyond Meat and, and some of the others. And I remember at the time, I, I couldn't see it. I said, this is for 
people who like meat but don't eat it. I don't know if that's a market. Just and I and by the way, I'm I'm a vegetarian. I'm in that bucket. I, you know, but I was like, I don't think there's anybody else like me. And it's been amazing to see that I'm wrong and, and to see those companies take off really fueled by, by people thinking about their health and, and consumer consciousness around environmental stuff. Like to see that fuel such a huge movement is inspiring and giving up mm-hmm. something they love to some degree, which is I'm inspired by that for sure. Maybe impossible and beyond would be too. That's awesome. The last question is around, this is my signature question, the notion of the idea graveyard. What is one idea that you'd love to work on if you have the time to do, but for now it's just rotting away in your idea graveyard? There's a lot. I have, I own 60 URLs. <laughs> <laughs> what's your best, what's your best URL? Hit us. Oh, Taco Desert. Cause I don't even know what it was. And I was just like, I just need to buy this URL. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, tell me, what would that product or business be? <laughs> a conversation where I thought there should be a, this, maybe this is an idea of Graveyard. There should be a website where people just come up with the name of their business and give the URL. And then you start getting ranked responses. This is what this should be. And I think, honestly, if we had a, a group think about what Taco Desert could mean and what that business would be, maybe some crazy stuff would come out. I'm not sure what it is. I love it. Coulter, I'd love to roll the word carpet. Are there any final call to actions, hiring needs? Anything that you want to leave with our listeners, the floor is yours. Gosh, I think I'll keep in, I think about the way you care for your, your little piece of land. And, and if you don't have one, people around you, and if not that, the parks you visit and things like that. Like this is, these are living organisms, not just the grass, but the dirt below it and the plants on it and everything else. And everything that you interact with there is then on your body, in your body, part of you. And so I just want to make sure and see us extend our values that we apply to the food we eat, the clothes we wear, the other products we use to the the land that that surrounds us. I would say that would be it. Hell yeah. Everyone, getsunday.com. Coulter, congrats on, honestly, amazing success, proving the naysayers wrong, operating with the chip on your shoulder. I am so pumped for you. Ever since I met you, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, there's no debate. This is a rocket ship so y'all go to the career section join up bye get sunday coulter thank you so much for your time today man thank you peter so fun as always hey there you made it to the outro thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you're new here welcome if you're a longtime listener thank you so much we're actively casting for new guests on our show so if you have a rock star founder or company in mind that's working on something cool Message me on Instagram at Peter A. Levin or email us hello at ingothands.us. Thank you so much again and look forward to bringing you another new episode next Tuesday.